0: Welcome to CGEP Confidential, a podcast about life in CGEP and what makes this transition time so special and the students so unique. Sit back and enjoy listening to what's on the minds of CGEP students.
1: guys, welcome back to a new episode of CIGEP Confidential. I'm Naomi and my co-hosts today
2: are Maxine, Elizabeth, and Katrina. Today we're here with a very special guest. You might know him from the hockey world. Raised in Saint-Germain, this player was drafted by the Columbus Blue Jackets in the fourth round of the 2019 NHL draft after playing in the Junior League for the second year and he is currently for the Montreal Canadiens. He set a Quebec major junior hockey league record in 2009-2010 season for assists as a defenseman with 64 um, for Moncton. Without further ado, we are pleased to introduce you David Saval. Hey
3: guys, how are you?
2: (laughs) Good. Good!
0: So today we will learn more about his childhood, his education, his professional career, and his family, and a few other things.
2: So David, let's talk about let's talk a bit about your childhood. Most parents sign their kids up for all sorts of activities, and it seems that some of these childhood hobbies stay with us for the rest of our lives. How and when did you start playing hockey? Uh,
3: I started. I was pretty young. I mean, I got two older brothers, so uh, I'm six years younger than my than the oh. oldest. So uh, I think I kind of grew up in the in the rink. He was already playing when I was born. Okay. So. Uh, I kind of played my whole life growing up, you know, I think I started putting the skate around like three or four, okay. then kind of just went from there and it was just playing for fun, but, uh, stick around after. And
2: And was like, did your father play as well? For example, does that also inspire you to continue to play?
3: Yeah. I mean, like my dad played, uh, all the way to, uh, university. He played in Trois-Rivières, oh, wow, wow. so, uh. He played there and then after he obviously got a normal job and, <laughs> and started to work but uh obviously my dad is a big fan of hockey and loves to play and you know that was i think uh the biggest thing when we were kids like he was always taking us to the outdoor rink or playing nice. the street ball hockey and stuff nice. so nice. It was, uh, I mean, even when I grew out of playing ball hockey, he would play with the, the neighbor as soon as he heard <laughs> sticks outside, oh, cool. he would look outside and he's like 50 and he'd just like go play <laughs> with the kids. Oh,
0: that's so cool. I
3: mean, he just loves hockey. So I think that's probably okay. where I got the passion from and you know, I kind of,
2: nice. so yeah. he was very supportive in like in your activities and in hockey. And yeah,
3: no, definitely. I think they support us in whatever we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, played other sport. I played soccer most of my, uh, growing up when I, as a kid, but, uh, I, I mean, my brothers were, uh, playing music and my parents kind of bought a bunch of stuff for them to record oh, stuff. So nice. And like, they did like a little studio in our basement when they, uh, when they kind of moved <laughs> away from <laughs> hockey because yeah. they, they played too, but not as just for fun with their, their friends and stuff. But, uh, I mean, it was for them. It was just a way to kind of keep us busy, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was uh, it was kind of a a drive for us to you know you you're always challenge challenge of pushing yourself and doing mm-hmm. something new. So for me, it was hockey. My brothers were something different, and they always support us in whatever we did. Oh,
4: that's very that's cool. great. You talk about your father being an inspiration, uh. But is there a specific hockey player when you were younger that you were looking up to?
3: Uh, I mean, I remember just uh, I was always like more of a looking at after goalies for some reason, but my dad didn't want me to play goalie because you only play like a game out of two. Yeah. Because growing up, that's always so he always kind of kept me of like, being a forward or defenseman. So I kind of grew out of it. Maybe that's why I like to block shots or I'm more defensive (laughs) a little bit. But uh, Patrick was a big one. Jose Teodal, like obviously, I was following the Montreal Canadian back then. So I remember I have the poster in my room and everything as a kid. So those were probably the two, the main two. I remember uh, meeting uh, Martin Bradar one time because he played golf at the same course one day. And I was just like, oh my God. Like, sick. <laughs> so it's like, those were all like, I was always like picking their numbers and stuff like, you know, growing up. So I would say those, those three probably were the, mm. the one I was looking up to.
1: Um, you talked a bit about uh, playing soccer while you were younger. Uh, were there any other sports that marked your childhood?
3: uh i was doing skateboard for years kind (laughs) of random but i think it was like the cool thing in uh Cassine. so uh, all my friends were kind of we had our skateboard go to skate park and everything my brother worked there so it was kind of made it easy to go there and hang out with our friends and he'd be there all day so it was that's probably what i did when i kind of moved away from uh soccer when hockey came a little more serious i would Mm -hmm. say with uh in the summertime i kind of stopped playing soccer and just because yeah. hockey was so intense during the year okay. then i just started to do skateboard so mm-hmm. I, was, okay. I still have it um <laughs> it's not I was right now i asked wow. i asked my dad because the, the kids have this, the scooter little scooter yeah, yeah and i would always have to like run or whatever so i asked my dad and he found it so he brought nice. it here so Do you think you'd
2: still be good at
3: it? Do you still have your tricks? No, no chance. (laughs) I stopped for like 12 years, so no chance. Uh,
2: What was
1: different about hockey that made you pursue it uh, with such devotion?
3: I mean, I think it was just, I just enjoyed being on, like, I grew up and I would be by myself in the street with rollerblades and like for hours, you know, and in the garage, like it was just, I couldn't stop playing as a kid, like Mm -hmm. mini sticks, I feel like. You know, it was just something that I was obsessed with.
2: Like a passion that no, that was always there? Yeah, it's
3: like any time I could have a stick in my hands and like play with the ball and just do anything with a puck or whatever. Wow. I just, I don't know, it's just a kind of everything went away, you know? Like you're just kind of in your, your own bubble and everything. So mm-hmm. I think for me that was kind of an escape away from school and everything. Like growing up, you know, like you, it was something that I could just do and have fun. So I did it any time I could, so.
0: So enough about hockey. We want to learn a little bit more about you. Let's talk about your life outside of the sport. As a child, what was your favorite memory?
3: Uh, I mean, I feel like that's a tough one. You know, I think for me, it was just like summertime as a a kid. Like, obviously, I got two older brothers, and uh, we're all three years apart, and we were really close. So I think it kind of made just I think it's just like the family time like I remember doing like those little cars that you push whatever like you would build mm-hmm. them and everything so it's like we would do race against like the next street mm-hmm. you know I think that's like growing up where we grew up it was a small town mm-hmm. you could bike everywhere wow. everybody knew each other so it's like yeah. our little neighborhood was really tight and it's like there's two dead end like on our street and it's like there's like 15 kids on the street so it's like I don't know. I think that those are my best memories as a as mm-hmm. childhood like basketball game with like 30 people mm-hmm. like the kids are from all ages and like baseball game It's so just summertime was just like, mm-hmm. everybody would get down to the dead end. So it's like the parents mm-hmm. wouldn't care about us. Like, <laughs> and I feel like as a kid, like I was probably five or six. And it's like because my brothers were always there it was just made easy, Like I mm-hmm. nobody was kind of looking at me. So, yeah. you know, like you didn't have like your parents and everything, like your brothers were there, it's fine. Like, yeah, all right, yeah, we're, yeah. we're going they to this guy's to place. Too, and right. it's just, yeah. So I think those are probably my best memories of just playing like, I don't know, tag, or is that what you call it in English, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, all those games, I feel like that's probably like my best uh, memories
4: you talked about your brothers and some of your uh, of us here have siblings and we're all very aware that brothers and sisters can get quite competitive so as a child were you competitive
3: a little bit i mean i was the one getting kind of beat on a little bit because i was the youngest one yeah. so but at the same time your parents usually kind of protects you a little bit more because yeah. it's always the youngest like it's never <laughs> his fault so kind of get away from st- away with stuff back in the day but uh no definitely i mean We all played hockey, so I was always the the one going in net because I was the youngest one, and they would just take a slap shot at me and everything, and it's just, you know, we still have video to prove that uh, I was getting beat on by uh, my brothers. (laughs) whatever it was. that didn't matter what sport we were playing, I think they were always, uh, we were pretty competitive, but it stayed pretty fair, though. We were pretty good about it.
2: Also, um, growing up, as we know, you moved away from home pretty quickly, and as a you know, we are young women and we're still living w- with our families and, you know, moving away might be difficult. Do you have any advice for maybe us when we'll go to university and move out or? Yeah. I mean,
3: I think it's just to, uh, kind of get out of your comfort zone in a way to, you know, to find a couple people that you, you kind of, you enjoy being around. Mm-hmm. And I think it's some nights you don't want to maybe go hang out or whatever, but I think to, to kind of push that, your comfort zone and, and get to know some people that now you kind of become familiar with them and being close and you know having that proximity of like being able to talk to people and i mm-hmm. think when i left i got lucky because obviously i moved in with the family and i was yeah. but i know a lot of guys don't kind of hang out around the family like they'll go in the basement they have their usually they, mm-hmm. those houses always have like a living room in the basement your bedroom is down there But i kind of always try to be around the family and i think for me it kind of made it easy to you know your part like i would go to grocery store with the kids and the and and i think it's just like you get involved in their life and it's like now it's like it becomes a big family and i think kind of same thing when i moved away and not having like your your any family around you it's just some of the guys like i played with but i was just kind of every time you can go to dinner especially early i feel like i got close to a few guys and now it's like you feel like you're not away from home as much you know? yeah
2: you create your own home yeah off. you
3: know like and i think obviously being now it's easier with facetime and everything yeah, like definitely. i feel like when i left there was still like the flip phone i think i had like 50 text <laughs> messages and it's like you would have to call people so <laughs> it's still a little different now it's, it's a little bit easier with to stay close with your family and stuff but yeah. i think it's just to kind of create a little family around where you live and just mm-hmm. have a couple people that you kind of get close and as soon as you get that, I feel like you feel more comfortable. You feel better at being around that area.
2: If I may ask, are you still close with the family you lived with?
3: Yeah, I mean my uh, my first family I lived with, my parents are really close because they always come down to Quebec City, so okay. they see them there in the wintertime more than I do. Oh, nice. But uh, I still talk all the time with my uh, my billet in uh, in Moncton. They come see us all the time, and oh, you know it's uh, it's it's pretty cool actually because you know. they kind of feel like big sisters like she was kind of your big sister like you're 17 like you're you know she's not your mom so she's trying to kind of help you at the same time she can't really put rules for you so it was uh it was a a cool relationship to have with the family and um like i said i see them all the time the kids now are you know working they have kids you know so it's like it's pretty it's pretty pretty neat to actually have a kind of second family
1: Um, as you might know, a Confidential is a podcast created by students. Uh, we dedicate a lot of our time to studying academic projects and homework. Our lives seem to revolve around school. Before you were David Savard, professional hockey player, where uh, you were once a student just like us. We would love to hear about your experience as a young student athlete. Um, First, where did you go to high school?
3: So... I did the uh, three high school, four high school technically. Oh, wow.
0: So wow. I started
3: in Saint and then after we moved away to Quebec City. So I moved in we moved in January my first year. So uh, kinda fast forward a couple years later, then because of hockey I had to move to a different school because mm-hmm. hockey was in the like in the Seminar Saint Francois, which was like the I don't know. I think it's called shot one around yeah, here, okay. which is like had the middle triple A team. So I went there. Then after when I moved to junior, I had to move, uh, to become old and oh, finish wow. there. Okay. But see, like we, I was kind of lucky because like because of hockey, a lot of times like uh they took away classes so we can practice in the mm-hmm. afternoon and stuff. So it kind of took a couple homework away, <laughs> which was kind of nice. <laughs> But, uh, obviously you still have to, you know, just hockey is basically the only thing you do. You know, I think that's a, there's a good and a bad about it mm-hmm. because I think it obviously keeps you pretty focused on what you want to do. You know, your weekends are busy. I have two games, you're on the road, then on the week, we, we practice every day. You know, it was uh Tuesday to Thursday and then you play Friday, Saturday and you have Sunday off. Usually Monday, sometimes yeah. you'll practice or, so it keeps you kind of your go to practice, come back, I did my own work. And after you kind of gassed anyway, so you're pretty tired. So you just end up going to bed. And, you know, I, I feel like for me, it was kind of a perfect routine. I know. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get as much time to hang out with friends. And but at the same time, my friends were a lot in hockey. Yeah. So it's like you're you mm-hmm. see them every day. And because everybody goes to the same school, you end up seeing everybody, even mm-hmm. if you're from a different part of town. So I feel like for me, it kind of made it easier in a way to go to school. But, uh, I mean, I was pretty lucky, I would say. I mean, I think some of the students are, are a little different with, uh, you know, if, if you're in different sport, I think hockey, we get lucky because they take classes away from that.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned uh, classes being removed, but apart from that, what other privileges did you have? Do you, you have any advice about how to manage both um, school, because just school itself is very overwhelming, um, and then,
3: playing hockey every day? I mean, I don't know if, uh, I don't think we had more than, I think it was just like, they took a couple, like you didn't have like gym class and stuff like this. and But uh, I think it's, for me it was pretty easy in a way. Like, I mean, I wasn't like the best at school, but I didn't mind it. But it's just like, like I said, like I think it's just my routine which just made it easy. And I know some guys on our team had more trouble with, the fact that you're, you know, you had less time to do homeworks and stuff and like projects. For me, it wasn't a big problem. I feel like I kind of, and I I mean, maybe i and my two older brothers made it easy because anytime I had a question mm-hmm. or something, like I didn't have to wait till the next day, my, my brother were pretty good in school. So it's mm-hmm. just kind of they kind of helped me out on, on the on my way to to kind of finishing everything. And same thing when I got to C job. I mean, I did classes when I was in junior but everything was long distance like you're reading stuff and Mm -hmm. so anytime I had a question instead of like emailing a teacher or whatever I could call my brother and he just kind of helped me out I could you know I would send him a picture or something and he'd Mm -hmm. kind of help me out of knowing what's going on so I think I got help outside from so I got pretty kind of lucky with that I know some guys had trouble and it's made a little hard on them but
0: so graduating from high school is an important and exciting event, but it can also be frightening. Did you have any fields other than hockey that sparked your interest?
3: Uh, I mean, for me, hockey kind of came later in in life. Like, I mean, I was, after uh, high school, I went to junior. I was going to CJEP. My plan was just going to university after and just if I could play hockey while I was, like mm-hmm. my dad did the same thing. I played in Moncton. They have a, they have a team there. So I could probably stay like one of my best friends. That's what he did. Like after his junior career, he just stayed there, then played hockey for another three years and graduated there. And then after you get a normal job. And for me, it was basically what I was going to do. You know, I think uh, probably just like a gym teacher or something. Like I think I was, I couldn't sit nine to five. Like definitely not. So I think I was, I wasn't really uh, set on what I was going to do, but I knew I was going to find something that would kind of make me uh move a little bit and everything and i was like i said like i was pretty good at school it's just the time was kind of made it hard to kind of keep pursuing and i think when i kind of turned pro i just i decided to go all in and try it out so i think uh but school was for me i was going to school like until i was okay
2: i was graduating (laughs)
3: until it it kind of ended up that way that you know everything kind of fall into places and i was uh i was turning pro
2: and what was your alternative plan if hockey didn't work out, like, uh, maybe job-wise or?
3: I mean, I, like I said, I think a, a gym teacher would have been something I would like. I think, uh, I know construction would have been something oh, I would okay. have been interest, interested in. I think I like to build stuff or whatever. I think to, mm-hmm. but, uh, maybe own a business like this. Maybe it would be more on that side, that, that mm-hmm. side. Maybe would we'll go in business and see if I can start something and, but uh, I mean, it was, I feel like I was just pretty young still. Like when I first st- turning pro, when I started talk- uh, thinking about turning pro, I feel like I was still like a couple years away from really like kind of picking where I was going. Like I think I, I would have been like, whether in business or like I said, like mm-hmm. go to, to become a teacher or something. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been, been mm-hmm. fun to be Did involved with kids. Did anyone
2: discourage your dream, like through your experience and through your journey to become a professional hockey player?
3: Uh, not really. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, you obviously hear all the time that to just to make it, it's a uh, low percentage. Mm-hmm. And like I said, for me, it wasn't about making it to the NHL. For me, mm-hmm. it was more hockey was fun. I could go to school while i'm um, mm. playing hockey mm. and you know like you get the chance to just usually like free school you know like they mm-hmm. pay for your yeah. schooling yeah. the so. junior hockey gives you uh you get four or five grand a year just to pay for your uh-huh. all your your stuff yeah, like, because they give you uh yeah the
2: equipment i guess and everything yeah they give you the money
3: water. and everything but even for your schooling after so if you play your full four years in in quebec that you'll have 20 grand basically on the next four years so you get five grand a year to go to school so it's it's kind of cool then after usually the school will pay for your uh if you pay for for the team so you'll have the five grand to pay for your apartment and stuff like this so they do a pretty good job of actually setting up the guys because obviously your schooling kind of takes a hit a little bit because Mm of hockey like i didn't do as many class and like your long distance everything so to kind of help you out after mm-hmm. to, to help you graduate. So it's, wow. for me, it was kind of the, the plan just to, cool. to keep going.
2: So we know injuries are part of every athlete's life. Um, it is evident that it all has to be handled carefully to optimize the chances of recovery, of course. And in the hockey world, players often seem to get hurt. So how do you imagine, how do you manage your injuries?
3: I mean, we uh, we got a full staff of people doing treatment every day. You know, I think there's four or five people working for us almost uh, on a daily basis. You'll be in there just getting treatment, or you know, there's physio, massage therapists, ART. You know, so I think we're uh, we're uh, we're getting taken care of. You know, I think that's what makes us be able to do it every day. But I think it's obviously your preparation is is a big part of it because. The season is long and you get beat up a little bit and i think it's (laughs) you just have to kind of you know prepare your body for it i think it's just the fact that the more you do it the more you kind of you get to manage you know how you feel and you know when to take days off Mm -hmm. and your recovery i think as a younger player is a little harder i think their their schedule is harder on young guys because they don't know what they're getting themselves into yeah like the the travel schedule is hard like that was that's a big thing that you know as a and i feel like you don't get affected as much because your energy is pretty high like you're and obviously you're i have to get up in the morning i have kids now you know so it's all things that kind of change in your life that you kind of have to uh to change the way you prepare yourself but i think that the fact that the team does so much for us to make sure we're ready for every game but obviously not too many guys play at 100 percent all the time
2: and yeah. is there for the injuries are there? is there any pressure from the team to like recover quickly to be there on the next game and every practice and play into your
3: 100 I think it depends on your coach more than the team. I think the team has your career probably in the best interest because they don't want you to get hurt and not come back at some yeah. point, oh, okay. which sometimes yeah, might be worse for them because they give a lot of money. <laughs> it's a long time, you know, so it's like they're, they're aware of what's going on. And I think, depending on where you are in your career, in the season, mm-hmm. and if you, if it's playoff, you might feel more pressure. You know, I think some yeah. guys, it might be, they might trade you after, you know, because they don't know if you're going to actually push through stuff and stuff. So I think there's, there is pressure from different people, but I think more than anything, the players want to be on the ice. So it's yeah. usually they have to hold us back more than,
1: yeah. you know,
3: they have to push us. Yeah. So...
1: Um, As a professional hockey player you must receive a lot of public attention from fans. How do you handle your social media presence? Is it difficult to separate your professional hockey player career and your private life?
3: Uh, Well for me I wasn't on social media for a long time. I kind of kept it to stay away from it. Kind of had to do it in a way that I think uh, more and more people were looking for, you know, to, to have pictures of you. They were sending me stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had to do it, but I keep my family away from it. So it's always usually just me or if the kids would be on a picture like you could barely see them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just, I don't think they deserve to be in the in the spotlight. I don't think they asked for it. I mm-hmm. think it's, it's your own decision. If they want to become... Uh, do something, their music or whatever, and they become famous, I mean, that's going to be their decision, but I don't think they should be affected by the yeah. fact that you're in the public eye and people know who you are. I think, you know, they, they have their own life and they'll grow up normal kids. And I mm-hmm. think that's their, what we're trying to do. I know sometimes it's, it's not as easy, easy as it looks because mm-hmm. obviously people love, you know, they'll see you, they'll see your family and, you know, like they love just being around, like sometimes like, famous people but it's just that's just the way it is like I mean I see a musician and I'm like oh this is cool you know what I mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't realize hockey players because I'm around them all the time yeah, and it's, for me it's normal <laughs> yeah. but it's like you know obviously I think I, I understand the fact that people kind of like it you know mm-hmm. it's just completely normal but I try to keep away from uh, separate the two mm-hmm.
4: you mentioned uh, trying to stay away from social media for a while uh, and as we all know internet trolls seem to be an inescapable force to be reckoned with so how do you deal with the criticism? Was that something that you were worried about
3: uh i mean it's it's part of the reason why i I'm not really on social media because I think it's uh you don't get much like it's not really positive to be on there and read what people are are saying about you or this or that I mean I have coaches that look at my uh my stuff and you know and that's enough for me to <laughs> to think about you know like I don't need like this this guy that's sitting in his in his living room watching the game to to trip me i mean i'm i'm not like i'm not looking for it i i don't think it's it's worth it and i think uh but i mean i respect the people that you know love i mean it's a it's a it's a good thing for the game for the for information for like other things than sport too i think and you know i think it brings fans closer to to the players i think there's a lot of good thing about it but there's also the, the bad side of, of just people kind of hiding behind their phone and, and mm-hmm. stuff. And for me, it's just not worth my time. I think I got a lot more to do and, uh, <laughs> than to, to kind of read what people say about me and stuff. Yeah.
0: So juggling a family and a career can be difficult even for normal jobs. So you can just imagine how difficult it must be for a hockey player. This career consists of a lot of traveling for games, long hours of playing time, and consequently, sacrificing quality time at home. This can be hard, especially compared to the younger players on the team that don't have kids and or a wife. Katrina has told us that you have three lovely children, Emma, Elliot, and Zach. So we were wondering, how do you manage to juggle your career and your family life?
3: I mean, uh, it is a little difficult in a way that, you know, like you miss, like you said, like a lot of quality time lot of uh, activities with the kids and you know the the shows or whatever this Mm -hmm. that the the so I think every time I'm at home I'm trying to condense as much as possible I think it's hard for the kids because I think they're at a certain age that it you know they need their dad to be around Mm -hmm. and I think every time I come back from a road trip you feel like they're just like all over you they just anytime like you know Mm -hmm. like they're you're going after each other so your your attention is on them instead of being like on the other one like i'm yeah. playing for five minutes with one i can hear my name screaming in the back come <laughs> come whatever you know so i think it's there's definitely a part that it's a little harder but the good side i mean i got all summer with them you know i spend yeah. a, there's there's good and bad i feel from our situation i think the fact that we're on the road so much is, is hard on them it's hard on my wife because she's got to take care of all three by herself yeah. and stuff but uh i think on the the other side and there's there's something really cool because we get to experience so much with the kids you know we get to i mean they've lived in three cities you know like they're (laughs) six five and two and they lived in different cities they both uh well the last one doesn't speak that much but (laughs) but they both bilingual you know perfectly like they're they adjust to everything because, you know, they've moved so much. Like we get to travel with them and take them because their schedule is so weird. You know, like you'll have a week off in January. So we went to Florida. We've been in Mexico, you know, like you, you get to bring them everywhere. And I think that's the coolest thing. And, you know, they, they grew up around a ring shows concert, you know, like you get to go to all those because yeah. of the team, you know, and I think it's different. Yeah, it's a completely different lifestyle than normal people and I I don't think they get it yet, but it it is there's a really cool side to it, but obviously the the downside is a lot of time I'm away from home, miss a lot of weekends, but I mean it's 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 hard on them and it's hard on you, but at the same time, you know, we we get to spend all summers together and everything, so I think there's uh there's there's good out of it too.
1: Um have you ever have you ever been scared that you're missing out on like your family's special moments?
3: Uh yeah, I mean, I've missed uh, I missed the kids like when they start crawling and stuff like this. So I think there there's there's definitely moments that you wish you were there. But uh like I said, I think it's just it makes it hard because the the kids don't understand why you're gone. And I yeah. think that's the hardest part. Like they don't really get why you're not, why I'm not there for your, your skating show, you know, like, well, I I just, you know, I, I can't be there, you know, and it's just, so you go to practice, you know, you're trying, every time I can go to and see whatever they do, I'm always there, but it's like, sometimes it's, you have games, you know, even when we're at home, like, we have games and practices, so it's like, you end up play four games a week for six months, then it's like, on this, it's like there's travel days. So it's like you travel the day before a game. So you end up being at home like two nights, maybe a week. So it's it's hard on them to, to understand and like you missed a lot of stuff for sure.
4: Um, do your wife and kids come to see your game?
3: Uh, they used to. I mean, now the kids are in school, so it's a little harder. So they'll come on weekends and stuff, but uh, they used to come to every game. So they, mm-hmm. she, we, uh, we lived really close to the ranks. So she would come and probably leave like after the first or second. And kind of put the kids down. But, uh, I mean, we uh, we were really lucky now because of school They don't come as often, but uh, they still come and enjoy the game.
4: And do you feel like it impacts your performance when they're there? Do you feel like you have to perform for them? <laughs> I mean,
3: I think I just enjoy having them around, you know. they like can warm-up, it's cool when they, they you get to see them by the board. And, you know, they come down, they get excited and everything. So it definitely uh, makes it more fun when they're there. And I think it's, uh, you know, it's fun to, to see them in the crowd for sure.
2: Um. And do your kids want to be like their dad? Do they want to be a professional hockey player or even an athlete professionally?
3: Uh, I think, yeah, I think the, the kids like sports. Obviously, uh, Elliot loves hockey. Mm-hmm. So, but, I mean, we'll see what they decide to do. I mean, I think if they want to to pursue it, we'll we'll obviously kind of support them. And mm-hmm. but I mean, if they want to do anything else in life, that go for it. You know, I think that that's the coolest thing. Like if you get to to do whatever you like, mm-hmm. it's uh you know you it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel as the effort doesn't feel mm-hmm. as hard. So I think that's basically what we're pushing for.
2: Would you like maybe you know them to become like you necessarily or?
3: I mean, I think I just, I I mean. Hockey is like a weird career. It's hard, you know? Like, I got really lucky. You know, I was the right spot, right time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like you have the the right coach. Yeah, but (laughs) I think you have to have like the right coach that's going to push you or give you a shot. And obviously, you got to be ready for it, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, but because some guys have a shot at it and they they end up not performing well enough, then they just get pushed aside. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, you just, you have to be lucky. And I feel like, I mean, if my kids want to try it, like, go for it. But it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of dedication. Like like I said, like, you you missed a lot of stuff, like as a young teenager, you know, like I wasn't going out, I wasn't, you know, because you work out in the morning, you know, like you work out on Saturday morning. So at 8am, you're in the gym. So like, do you want to go out and have drinks with your friends? Like, (laughs) I don't know if tomorrow I want to get up, you know, so I think there's, you make decision you know I was kind of trying to push that and I was enjoying it but at the same time if my kids want to go through all this go for it but I mean if they want to do something else I'm, I'm, I'm all for it too.
0: So to this day how is your experience playing in Com- Columbus for eight years and Tampa Bay different from your experience playing in Montreal this year?
3: Uh, I think the Montreal is, uh, is a different animal in a way that uh people are fan you know like people live for hockey and i think that's how we grew up i, I was the same way i think that's basically in a way the only sport you kind of follow mm-hmm. Be, you know like i think there's there's definitely there's soccer around and you know there's other sport people follow but that you go consistency uh, consistently i mean hockey is the one yeah. and i think the states are a lot different because they have football Mm-hmm. they have college football yeah. you know baseball so yeah. it's like people have a lot of other things than hockey to watch and yeah. so i think it's it's uh it's more of an happening which here it's like it's a religion you know <laughs> <laughs> so i think it's it's a it's a different yeah. mindset when people come to games you know they're yeah. they're coming to have a good time and watch a show basically so the pressure is not the same but i think I enjoy both, you know, like, like I said, like I grew up a big fan of Montreal. So obviously wearing the, the Jersey is something mm-hmm. special, mm-hmm. but we, uh, we loved every second of, of living, uh, in Columbus and obviously Tampa was, was short, but, uh, some, uh, some really good memories. So, uh, mm-hmm. and it was, it was kind of a, a cool, cool for us because the kids were a certain age that it was, it made it fun. You know, they were excited to go down to Florida for a few months mm-hmm. and, you know, I was just, a kind of a, a short period of time that the kids were really enjoying it and mm-hmm. it was, it felt like it was a, a big vacation for us so <laughs> and
0: is there a place that you preferred to live
3: uh I mean like I said like I think they're they're all different I mean I we were in Columbus for for eight years and we we loved it like there's so many good people and and you know it it, it was hard leaving you know like when we left and it's like we we sold the house and I was like you know like you just get to know so many people in eight years. And, you know, that was home for us. Like we all all three kids was born there. You you know, like you're just your your friends, your the people you know, the restaurants, it's just like, it felt like home. So it was it was kind of hard. And I think we, uh, like I said, Tampa was short, we knew we weren't going to stay there. So it was more just a kind of a, a spark and having just a big vacation and enjoying every moment of it. And I think Montreal has been really good because obviously we're starting to feel like, like, I mean, I've been gone for 12 years not being in Quebec. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think it was getting used to to it. Like it's a, it's a different vibe than the States, you know, and it's just, we had to get used to it again, but it's been really fun to have family close and, you know, like we we get to know a bunch of people in our neighborhood and, you know, it's (laughs) like, well, it's, it's fun, you know, it's a, it's a different vibe than Columbus was. Columbus, was uh was an older neighborhood, you know, like people, their neighbors were a little older. Like now, it's like it's a it's a fun neighborhood. Like young people, you see kids around everywhere, mm-hmm. which we didn't have in our neighborhood, just mm-hmm. because, the way the, the, kind of the the age of the the neighborhood. I feel like there's always a switch every like fifteen twenty yeah. years. People start selling, their kids are out, so they downsize. So I think that was kind of a, we were the only one with little kids in the neighborhood, <laughs> so it felt weird a little bit, but it was still fun. Yeah.
0: Is it kind of like how we, you were when you were growing up? You were mentioning that there was, like, a lot of kids around.
3: Yeah, so I mean, it feels the same way here, mm-hmm. you know? I think that's the the cool thing. It's like, you know, like we, uh, the kids were playing today outside hockey, and it's a kid I've never seen before from the next street could hear the sticks, so he just came down and played, you know? It's yeah, just, that reminds me, they you know, I think that's that's a cool thing. You know, like my he didn't experience that when we were in Columbus because there's no kids around, you know. So I yeah. think it's a different vibe, but it's cool. Like you see you get to meet the parents too. And, you know, like now you, you create relationships. So it's good. Mm-hmm.
4: You lived in the U.S. for a while. Uh, and you mentioned your family being bilingual. But first, it's still, uh, your first language is still French. Um, do you think it's difficult for the hockey players that come here or to the U.S. that their first language is not... English do they struggle with
3: that you mean in the NHL or yeah. just players well around there's you know there's other
4: things around the world yeah
3: I mean I think uh the hockey world is this pretty small world so you get to there's always somebody you're playing with that play with one of your friends. it kind of feel weird <laughs> but it's like so I think there's it's a really tight community. so people will kind of help each other trying to you know I because I know like some guys are you know Rome, Romanov is coming from Russia, and it's like, shy kid, you know, speaks English a little bit, but, you know, and I feel like every time you talk to him, usually they, you know, they'll they'll start speaking more and more, and I think as soon as they get comf- comfortable, like, around you, and now they'll start talking. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's like, basically, opening each, each other out. I mean, when I first started, my English wasn't great, but it's like, I think people kind of, they just know, like, that's just mm-hmm. the way or kind of, or, that hockey world is like, you don't get people from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Some are, can barely speak English, some are really good, some, you know, depending on what country you're from, sometimes it's, they speak like four languages and it's like the guy, I wouldn't tell like he's from Sweden, you know, like, <laughs> like how do you speak, you know, like all those languages and no accent and it's like some are, are showing up from, and it's like, you can barely, it's just depend where you grew up and stuff. And I think people are, are pretty open and kind of helping each other out and most of the time, it's not a, a big problem. Some guys are really shy with it, and uh, but uh, sometimes it's a good thing because they don't have to do media and stuff, so <laughs> it's just not bad.
1: <laughs> um, you won the Stanley Cup in uh, 2021 with the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's such an ultimate goal. What do you do once you've achieved it? Is there something like you're looking for?
3: Uh, I mean, I think it's obviously you want to win it again, because there's so much. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was so much fun, you know, like the, but I think, the, I mean, it took me 10 years to, to just to get one shot at it, you know, so it's like, I don't know if I'm going to get another shot at it. I hope so, you know, mm-hmm. and but uh, everything needs to kind of fall into place. And I think at my age now, it's more about kind of trying to help everybody out, you know, like the young guys coming in. I think it's. I had guys that did that for me, you know, I think, uh, for, uh, for a long time, I had guys that would kind of help me out and, and just trying to figure out like how to become a better defenseman, or a better mm-hmm. person. I mean, in general, and just, so I think now it's my turn to kind of give back to the young guys and kind of help them out. Cause obviously I don't have much left, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just the way our business works but I'm not that old, but technically in their business, I'm getting pretty old. So I'm just trying to kind of, hopefully I get one more shot at it and then if I can win it it would be a lot of fun. But I know it's uh your your window's kinda getting closer to the end.
2: So you would say that your role has changed pretty much throughout your career now more like as a veteran?
3: Yeah. I mean I mean I think it changes all the time. You gotta adapt to, to whatever the, the team needs. Mm-hmm. But uh definitely that after you're winning it I think it's I wanna still do it, but I know it's a I feel like you, you never thought about the after until you kind of win it. Mm-hmm. In a way, like when I won in this summer, I was like, I kind of just like, well, yeah, like what do I do now? You know, like <laughs> I still want it, but at the same time, it's like you had that goal and it's like you're, you're always kind of looking for it, looking for it. As soon as you reach it, like, can I do it again? I hope so. But it's like at the same time, like I still have to, to focus on different stuff now that you you kind of tasted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Earlier, you mentioned the people who inspired you in the hockey world. Has your perception uh, changed from the way you idolized hockey players when you were growing up to now becoming a hero for other kids and adults around the world?
3: Yeah, I think uh, definitely you kind of change uh, your mindset of seeing them. I think I see them as normal people now. You know, I think uh, for for me, I'm just a, a normal guy that his job is just playing for the Montreal Canadiens. And I think, obviously, as a kid, it's not how you see them. Like, you see them as, as superstar and just hero and stuff. And I think now I realize that all those people have a normal life, you know, when they go home and it doesn't matter if you're a musician or whatever, like, they go back to, to their kids and family and go to restaurant and do the same thing we do. So I think it's definitely, a, you know, you change your perspective of, of how you see those people since, uh, since when I was a, a kid, for sure.
1: Well, thank you so much for uh, agreeing to meet with us today. Uh, we know you have a full schedule and we are so grateful that you were able to be here with us. Uh, we would also like to thank our listeners for tuning in for this very special interview. We'll gladly see you next week with a new episode of Sejup Confidential.